Welcome to Connex, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today, I have Bobby Youngblood on the phone with me today. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you doing? Doing excellent, doing excellent. So, um, you know, I always do the Larry King live kind of thing. I don't do a lot of background research. Uh, my team does, but I don't. I, I tell them, don't tell me anything. So when I hear it on the when I'm talking to you, I'm surprised. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Bobby, and t then tell us a little bit about your company. Okay, well, as Scott alluded to, I'm Bobby Youngblood, um, the Director of Engineering here at PCL Industrial Construction. Um, a few things about myself is I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Louisiana State University. Um, came up under my father's toolage who, who ran a paper mill most of his life. And I had a bunch of interns there and, and kind of took a liking into construction. You know, I, I looked at my career as being a little bit more traveled or a little bit more mobile than his. And, you know, I wanted to see a lot of new things, a lot of new places. So, and I liked the idea of actually journeying out to build different projects in different cities and different communities. So after getting my chemical engineering degree, instead of going back and um, kind of working with him in the paper mill, I, I actually decided to venture off and, and, and take on, take PCL's offer and join their team. Um, I've been with PCL for 15 years now, started off as a field engineer and kind of worked my way up through the ranks. And now I'm actually sitting, my current position is um, director of engineering. So tell us a little bit about uh, PCL. A construction company that performs uh, diverse projects from anywhere from oil and gas to energy to solar to commercial we build highways and bridges a lot a lot of airports around the countries um, the company was begin had began in 1906 by Ernie Poole and later um, came to the states in 1975 where we kind of got into an array of um, different projects performing you know, world-class industrial excellence and commercial excellence. Mm -hmm. So, so, so they date back pretty, uh, how long have they been around for? You said 74 oh, yeah. is when they. No, the company actually started in Canada in 1906. And, oh, wow. And opened its first office in the U.S. in 1975. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, if they originated in Canada, I guess everybody there is nice, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still do a lot. We still do a lot of some uh, projects in Canada, right? We still, um, a lot of things that we, you know, we do a lot of commercial bridge. We actually um, just built the Rogers Centers uh, where, where the all this play is. And even in um, the U.S., we built, um, it was called the Staples Centers, where the Lakers play as well. Kind of some highlights of some commercial projects we've done. So what you know, you you touched on this briefly, but maybe you could go into a little more detail. What's your what's PCL's primarily primary core focus? 
Well, we so PCL is broken down into different districts. So each district um, primary focus varies. So um, as the director of engineering, my core focus is the industrial group. So um, and uh, and primary the Gulf Coast and kind of all over the U.S. We have other districts that um, focus are like wastewater, where um, they are located around a lot around the um, Phoenix and Arizona area. We have um, various commercial districts from L.A. to Minneapolis that 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 focus on special projects, parking garages, airports, um, highways, bridges. So, you know, um, even though PCL is a a large scale company, over 4,500 plus salary employees, it still has a small town, it's just a small town feel because every district kind of does their own thing to kind of roll up to the to the larger piece of the puzzle. So kind of what is PCL looking like, you know, future wise? Are, are they looking to kind of stay in their niche, maybe do something new? <laughs> Yeah, so um, going into, I would say, the future, um, PCL is definitely, definitely looking at the, the energy sector. Um, that's one of our key, key things that, we, that we've seen our competitors and seen other, you know, just various market channels. So like the renewables, the energy transfer, solar, carbon capture, and a lot more lead projects, like um, a bunch of our projects in California and on the West Coast and buildings have won various lead um, awards, but you know, that's that's definitely what, what our future looks like. So as a company, and I'm interested in this, and I think our listeners will be interested in this too, um, can you kind of go through the process? Because I've been part of a large organization that actually does a formal strategic planning kind of process. Can you Correct. can you kind of expand upon that and how you guys go about doing it? Well, on the executive level, uh, which we have, which is our CEO Dave Philichuk and his office of the CEO come up with a strategic plan, um, which they include all of the district managers and and they sit, you know, they we kind of brainstorm and kind of look at the vision for PCL over the next five to 10 years. And, you know, one of the things that came out of our district specifically as um, our, our main strategy was, you know, our district vision. And we kind of, we took it a little bit different this year. I mean, a little than in the past is because, you know, you come out of these strategic initiatives and about a week later or two weeks later, you know, you, you constantly, you're trying to already remind people of different things. So this, you know, this past year we created over the pandemic, I would say we created a coin, like a, like a district initiative vision coin. And, mm -hmm. And and everybody in the office and 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 in the district received these coins, and then the coin represented, which is our strategic plan, is um, renowned as the best of best contractor, top tier contractor in the U.S., a contractor represent with with a reputation 
um, I'm capable of tackling project size and complexity, self-sufficient, expanded services, industrial pacing, like all of these things was on the coin. So anywhere you went, you will be reminded of our vision. And, you know, it, it seems it, it, it has a great effect just because of the imagery and doing this process to actually get to, to, to not make the strategic plan so top heavy, we actually went, took it down a notch and put out a, a contest, like who can design the best corn just so we can get, you know, mm -hmm. people and team engagement and make people feel like, and so we, you know, we had a, we had the team that kind of, um, whoever can design it, we picked the uh, person that designed the best corn and, you know, we gave them a prize and, you know, it, it just, it just made, it just added to the buy-in of the strategic planning and everybody felt like they was a part of the vision. So let's shift a little bit to you as a, as an individual, uh, tell us in your life and, you know, in your business, business life, your professional life, what are some of the events It could be professional or personal? What are some of the events that kind of made you who you are, you know, um, significant events? Uh, I would say um, <clears throat> early on, just some, I, I would say one of the major events that made me who I was, was, you know, just watching my parents kind of work and my mom's in the medical field and my dad's um, was in the pulp and paper field and just, just watching them kind of work as a team uh -huh. and, and and just the hard work and the dedication that they put in, you know, it, it actually just energized me to to take it, Nick, to build up my legacy and take it further than they could. So, you know, I could provide for my kids and provide that great example. So I would say it started with my household. That was life changing, just watching my parents, you know, achieve and 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 try to be the best at their professions really really provided that foundation for me to go out and lead others and 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 show my leaders leaderships skill by day-to-day -day hard work well uh you know you hit the nail right on the head when it relates to because you, you know as a father of four i can say um kids care a lot more about what you do than what you say <laughs> so, and I, every time I say that, everyone says, "Amen." And that's it's the truth, you know. They they're watching you constantly, but uh, but uh, I it, I was going to joke with you earlier, but then it, you kind of went on. Uh, so you said you went to you're a chemical engineer. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say you're the smart engineer because usually <laughs> my daughter's actually going to be a chemical engineer right now. Right. Right. Well. I guess the the spin on being a chemical engineer is 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 one thing is that you know I tell people all the time is that we can do everything like you can you can put us in any pocket and we'll adjust we're the process guys we figure it out you throw anything at us we'll 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 make it happen because everybody wants to always get technical I'm quite sure your daughter get a lot of these questions of what does the chemical engineer actually do and that's why I just say we do everything anything you want us to do <laughs> well now comes my uh 
uh, my favorite question, and my favorite question is this. If you were going to go back and talk to 18-year-old Bobby and give him professional and personal advice, what professional and personal advice would you give him? I would say um, from a professional standpoint is, is just be patient. You know, life has its ups and downs. Definitely not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um, I, you know, as a young adult, you wanted, you wanted, as they say, the microwave phase. You had no time for the oven, so you wanted immediate results. So, I would say I, I probably missed out on a lot of opportunities and probably went through a lot of things that I didn't necessarily have to do. Or necessarily have to go through if I would have just been a little bit more patient. And then from a personal standpoint, I would say um, just take more chances. Um, as you alluded to, you're a father of four. Um, I have three sons, and it's something I'm very proud of. And I, you know, before having that responsibility, you know, I would say to myself, I wish. I would have took more chances, you know, to just kind of figure out what I truly wanted to do or who I who I truly was in life. So I would definitely say, you know, within the realms of of your your career and your personal life, you have to think outside of the box and, and kind of get out of your comfort zone to really figure out who you are. Well, yeah, it's funny. It's once again, it's funny you say that because uh it's like, you know, we, we graduate high school and we graduate college and we go out to the workforce and we're chasing the big dream. And then we go from chasing a big dream to chasing comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I always think, you know, I came from poverty. So for me, it was like, I didn't have much of a choice, you know, but for the people that, you know, who, who grew up, like say in the middle class or right. upper middle class, I mean, Getting out of that comfort is a is a whole different ball game. Yeah, you know, I, I always um, say that you know, when, as you evolve in your career and as you learn who you really are, you know, you stop chasing maybe the parents' dream or the American dream, however you want to put it, that was instilled in you, and you start really start chasing your dream and your legacy. Because I know after I really got in the construction industry and started making my way and started making a name for me, I started really expanding my business adventures outside of my career, like from owning real estate, you know, to owning uh, multiple daiquiri shops to, you know, owning a car leasing company, like just really start acting on a lot of things that you know, I, I personally was invested in and things that I may or may not didn't have time for as I was making my climb or journey, you know, through my career. And, you know, patience is a huge one, you know, and that's so, I don't know if you can teach that, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I think it's something you just learned by having to do the grind every day, you know? Yeah, I, I don't think you you can teach patience. I think one thing that and one thing that through PCL that you know working with PCL has taught me 
about patience is one of our key drivers for retention of people is our is our employee ownership model. It's a it's a model that not only if you're if you're chasing the fast buck or the quick high salary, I would say then PCL isn't the place for you. You have to buy into the culture. You have to buy into the belief and, and you have to love the people you're working with because um, you are an employee of, you are not only just employee, but you are an owner of the company. And with those, and, I, and the process works as if, you know, every year you get issued based on your title and, and your years with PCL, you get issued stock. And after you work, you hit that breakthrough point that after you work for so long with PCL, that your stock or your dividend check is greater than, you know, your said salary. So it's a it's a long game process. And, you know, I always that's kind of like one of my intros to a lot of the young and up and coming field engineers coming out of college. I say, well, you know, you may not be good at saving your money and you might like to have a lot of fun. But one thing, if you just buy into the program and you stay with PCL for the tender of your career, you could go through life and just buy your stock every year and never save a, a dime. And at the end of your career, you'll still be well off. So, I mean, it's a it's just a, a process that, you know, you get all these headhunters coming and you get, you know, a lot of people that like to jump from company to company. But I do think that, you know, through processes and through this process and the results that is yielded really kind of helps you become patient and look at the long game instead of the short game. And, and I think companies like PCL and my company, we figured out that if you want to keep good people, especially in the world, I, I heard an average college graduates today will work for six companies in his career and that was that's absolutely crazy to me you know i mean the people who work six six companies when i grew up were people who got fired from companies you know <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a good thing you know but nowadays it seems like that's more the standard but construction general has figured out that you know giving a person an ownership stake is a great way to motivate and and uh and get ownership uh, not just, uh, physically, but, uh, you know, not just literally, but figuratively too, you know, and, yeah. um, and, um, and, and as you, your stories, and it's, and it's something that you don't even have to reiterate to people like you're seeing amongst, you know, as people, as, as people start owning more shares and, and they start seeing the results and cause the shares is based on, um, the profits for the years people you know you'll see like hey um you you might be on a project where someone is just printing you know page at the page and got you know someone might remind them say hey, you can print front to back you know you <laughs> you affected my dividend share you see you, you can actually start seeing the buy-in from people and people genuinely caring because they like hey well you know when the company does well i do i do well personally so you know, it, it, it's just that extra motivator. Absolutely. Let's move to the speed round. The speed round is eight categories 
we can rank from one to 10, 10 being the most important, one being the least important, and they can all be tens. Yeah. Uh, so uh, feel free to explain and elaborate if you want to. So we'll okay. start off. We'll start off with the first category. The first one is scheduling. Oh, that's a ten. I mean, it's a it's a ten. And the only reason why I say if you don't if you don't have a schedule to follow, you you have no plan. Estimating. But, uh, also a ten. Like I, I I hate to be the ten guy, but <laughs> if you and that's why I'm I'm gonna do a little explaining because if you don't have an estimate, um or a basis of contracts, I mean, or basis of scope of work, you don't, I mean, you don't know how to bid a project and it's just, just construction terms, I would say. Excellent. Now the two next categories, one is a contract, the actual paper contract, and the other one is contract administration, the execution of that contract. And, and both of those are 10 as well, Scott, because you have to build your plan has to be spec'd and built to that contract. If it's not in the contract, then you're not legally obligated to do it. And if it is in that contract, you're definitely legally obligated to follow everything that's in that contract. And you definitely need someone staying on top of the contract administration, making sure that you're not doing anything that will take you outside of that contract that will ultimately affect the scheduling of that project and impact the costs. Design. I would say, because I'm a I'm an engineer, uh, I would say that's a 10 as well, because I, I do think that the design of a project not only needs to have the engineers involved but the construction company involved and the owner because sometimes the design will benefit the engineering group without any consideration of um, for the construction group so it's a very key key point and then and ultimately the client wants his project as fast as he can get it you know he wants you to hit the deadline so there are ways to you know kind of dial back some of the design so you can actually meet some of those client milestones. So I, I, that's definitely uh, important as well, the design. Accounting. Accounting, I mean, all of these are just pretty much life cycles of a project. They're all equally important. I, would, I mean, it's a 10 and it's, it's accounting and understanding your deliver your your payroll deliverables and making sure that you're not only that you're receiving you're you're receiving your reimbursement for the project on time so you can pay your people working on the project on time and you can manage the budget. So accounting is 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 definitely key. Business development. Well, business development is is one of those things that it gets you in the door. Like it, it, it it's it's the it's the grounds or it's the entryway to ever even being able to start a project. You needed that. You need those relationships. You need those. Um, you need 
someone on the ground floor working with different clients and 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 expressing interest and 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 letting them know and letting people know your experience your qualifications and your capabilities to actually have opportunities and the last but not least leadership everything starts with leadership you know everything um and it's funny that you end with this this one leadership because um i always pose a question with leadership you know because it, you know coming from an engineering process background you know there's a great debate between process is innovation is is, is which one is more impo- important process mm-hmm. or people and i always lean toward people just because of the leadership component of being able to bring ideals together, being able to bring the right team together, being able to manage all types of personality, being able to think outside the box to 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 be a solution provider. So that leadership is key. And then I gotta I you know I I I can't leave leadership without asking you a question. Um are you a football fan? I am. Okay, so what what do you think is more which one is most significant to to all of the patriots success would you say is it bill belichick's process or tom brady's leadership oh, that's a good that's a good question uh, <laughs> you know and honestly i think that uh i think uh, if i had to say one way or the other way i th- i'd say it's pro- probably a good healthy balance between the two but leadership is always i mean at the end of the day yeah, what happens I, would, on the- I think you're correct Scott, all the way it's, it's, it's no real you know right or wrong answer when you it's all subjective but you know i just i just like to paint the picture of you know why leadership is so important in those cases and then you know something that's a little bit more easier to deal with i, I would definitely say brady proved that he can go to another team and get the parts to get the right components together to lead them to another championship. And I think Bill Belichick will rebound and and do the same one day, you know, not to discredit his process, but, you know, um, Brady has done it and we've seen it. But in like another example that I like to pose to people is, um, is it Apple or Steve Jobs that really led to the, resurgent of all of the Apple products and all the success that they're currently having. Well, I mean, given the fact that they fired him and then brought him back, <laughs> showed you right there that that obviously Steve Jobs had a huge impact on them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But so, but but you're right there. They, they, there's something different about that organization, you know, uh, the way they operate per per se and uh, I think one goes in hand of the other you know I mean I'm interested to see what the next generation of Apple is given the fact that it's kind of I won't say floundered but not necessarily has they definitely haven't created the next iPhone you know like Steve Jobs did you know no Um, no, they haven't (laughs) (laughs) and not saying that um it, it can happen, but I, I I'm a strong believer that you 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 have that one percent of just 
that person that's just dynamic and that just thinks different, right? I, you know, I, you, 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 that one person that when it's time to go to school and that challenges school, it challenges all ideals. I, I think that you have those special people in the world that exhibit those special leadership character that you just you just can't get from a normal process. Well, speaking of that, what I want to first off, I want to thank you for being on my podcast. Secondly, um, I, I didn't start with this, but I should have probably. Uh, I want to I want to commend you for uh, earning uh, ENR's top uh, twenty under forty. Um, that is uh, a significant accomplishment. And for those of you who don't know what ENR is, uh, you're not in construction apparently. So, <laughs> so that is the 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 pristine this is the the top level uh magazine for construction and the fact that you were in that is a significant thing i'm not i'm not uh exactly sure of the process but the process cannot be easy because of the mere size of construction so Correct. i want to i want to commend you for that and uh and i do with all my guests i i want to give you the last word okay well um, for one, uh, definitely appreciative of being on your podcast and being selected to your podcast, and and thanks for um, going through the ENR top twenty under forty. And you know, a lot of people, like you say, maybe outside of construction don't understand it, but um, to us in construction, it's a it's a pretty big deal. Well, thank you so much. Join us next week for another podcast of Connex.